Hello and welcome to episode number 21 of the Creative Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Michael Wallace and my goal is to help your ministry become even more creative, strategic, and effective so that you will make even more of an impact as a ministry leader. Thank you so much for being here again today. I missed last week because I just had way too much going on and just didn't get it done. Sometimes that happens and I apologize that it happened last week. But I'm excited about today. This episode begins a three-week look at events in student ministry. Now, uh, each episode in this series, we're going to look at how to creatively approach planning, executing, evaluating various kinds of events. Today, we're going to look at mission trips, and next time we're going to dig into camps. Uh, And then we're going to wrap it up with a look at weekend retreats. But before we get into mission trips, I want to give some context to doing events in student ministry. In my experience in ministry, the goal of all ministry, the point of all of it, is to help students learn who Jesus is, how he can change their life, and what living that life in community looks like. My guess is that you come from a similar perspective. That's why you're listening to this and why you do student ministry in general. So with that as our foundation, that it's all about students learning to love Jesus, we typically go about putting our actions to this vision by creating environments for students so they can hear about Jesus and live out their relationship with him. Now, typically I break these environments down into two categories, programming and events. And these are the two things that really take up the majority of your planning, the majority of your executing, the majority of your time in ministry outside of relationships is typically focused on programming and events. Programming is what I would call regular or consistent gatherings that you design for students. This could be a weekly student service, a small group meeting, a prayer service, a worship night, a big game night, a Sunday morning service, or any combination of any of those types of things. Programming is so important because each time you're creating consistency and community for students to live out the vision of your ministry. And programming is something that we're going to look at later in a different series in in this podcast. But for right now, because we're basically in March, and I know that you're about to take a deep breath and sprint a marathon from now until October, I want to talk about events. Events, in my experience, are intentional gatherings that go beyond regular programming. They're typically overnight, and they often involve a fair amount of travel. Events require a lot of planning, a lot of thinking, a lot of communication, and a lot of work to do and to do them well. Over the more than 16 years I served in hands-on student ministry, I led or helped lead over 60 overnight events. That's a lot. Essentially, over 16 years, I spent nearly a year of my life away at events. That's (laughs) exhausting and crazy and awesome because events really can be extremely effective. Creating events for students is a great way to build connections and community, especially an effective tool for separating students from the normal grind and routine of life. It's one of the biggest uh, draws, I think, to doing events is that they're abnormal. They're different. It's outside of routine. You get to strip away all the distractions of technology, homework, practice, parents, jobs. It's really a helpful way to clear the path for the Holy Spirit to move in the life of a student. And on top of all that, events are generally really fun, which means you get the chance to create shared experiences, which are great for making teaching and application really sticky for students so it stays with them long after the event is over. Now, there are some downsides to events, and in each of these episodes, I'll talk about what they are and and give you some tips on how you can get past them. But generally, events require a lot of planning. 
They cost money. You have to collect release forms and send out packing lists and work out transportation and find fun things to do and find bands and speakers and devotionals and work sites and rooming assignments and parent meetings and lost sleeping bags and crying kids and nurses and flat tires and hurt feelings and ah! If I just loaded you down with a ton of stress and anxiety uh, as you're planning a, an event right now and you just realize all the things that you have to do right this minute, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's why I did that. Even with all the obstacles and the hoops and the pressures and the deadlines and the stress and the headaches that come with planning and executing events, I believe they are totally worth it for the opportunities and connections they provide for your students. And there's some simple and creative ways to do events in effective ways that make a huge difference in the lives of your students. So let's get into the first type of event that we're going to talk about in this series, and that is mission trips. When we talk about missions trips, there are basically two kinds of mission trips. You have the mission trips where you go somewhere that's uh, inside the country. You could go anywhere from uh, five minutes away to f- 15 hours away uh, or even farther to do missions trips within the country. And then there's also international mission trips where you pack up, you get passports, and you go really far away to help people in a different country. Um, and either either one of those things, what we're going to talk about uh, over the rest of this podcast will apply in both both situations. So all this stuff is going to apply in both international mission trips and uh, uh, American mission trips or mission trips you don't, where you don't leave the country. It's all a lot of the same stuff because it all comes down <clears throat> to four big things in my experience with mission trips, and that's purpose, planning, promotion, and people. The process is the same whether you're going out of the country or not. Purpose, planning, promotion, and people. So step number one is purpose. When you are going to plan and execute a missions trip, you have got to be very clear and hammer home quite often what the purpose of that trip is. I've been on trips where we haven't done a good job of this, and instead of of hyping uh, the impact that's going to be had on the students or the impact that's going to be had through the students, we hype the fun thing that's going to happen, or at the end of it, we're going to do this, or every night we're going to do this fun stuff, and it's really difficult to execute the purpose if you don't talk about the purpose up front, if you're not clear about what the purpose is. And the purpose of any missions trip should be to create shared missional living experience. So not just the purpose isn't, oh, we're going to go help these people because they need help. The purpose isn't, well, we have a week and uh, we have to do something and the missions trip is the cheapest we can do because we can sleep on the floor and save a bunch of money and say we did an event. No. <laughs> the purpose of a missions trip isn't to do things and it really is, is less about the impact that you can make it at the destination of your missions trip. The true purpose of doing a missions trip, <clears throat> in my experience, especially with students, is that through doing those things, through those relationships, through that outreach, through the, the compassion, through the, the tasks and everything that you do, through that process, students will get a chance to act out missional living. And missional living really simply means living on mission, living with a mission of seeing other people as God sees them every day of your life. We'll come back to this in a few minutes about, about how to do this on the back end. But on the front end, you have to talk a lot up front about purpose. Why are you going on this trip? Why are you offering this trip? Why, are you, why do you have this trip happening at all? What's it all about? And so once you're clear on the purpose, we're going to do this and we're going to do this because of this. Once you're clear on the purpose, then you can move into the planning phase. And planning, the second big P here, this, you've got to start at least six months out if you're going to plan a trip. Six months minimum 
uh, and even longer if you're going to be going international. I would usually go plan about a year out if you're going to go international. But you want to plan really far in advance because you don't want this to be, uh, like we'll talk about in the next couple episodes, a last-second decision. It's not something where students can just last second they get to go and they weren't planning on going because the purpose of the trip, as we said, is to create shared missional living experiences. And so if students aren't prepared for that process, if they're not prepared to go and have that difference made, it can absolutely wreck them. It can absolutely wreck the community that you're building. It can really be detrimental to the experience. So plan far in advance and know exactly what you're going to go do. Know where you're going to go, get work, get, get on that stuff so far in advance so that you can be planned out, so that you can know what the schedule is going to be, so that you can know who the people you're going to be in contact with, so you can do all the the, um, well, the, the things that revolve around the people. Um, you have to start planning early to get this stuff done. Also, the earlier you start planning, the more clear your, your purpose can be, the more you have time to focus on what that purpose is. And the earlier you start planning, the better you can promote. And that's the thing number three is promotion. You have to be very clear on what the trip is about and what it's not. So when you're promoting a mission trip, I've, I've done trips, uh, international trips, and I've done uh, regional trips. And like I said, in, in all the trips, I try to make uh, make there be something fun. Uh, typically on the back end, more of a debrief um, experience that's, that's fun. It's a shared experience for everybody. I did a trip, a couple of trips to Haiti. And uh, in Haiti, Going from we were in Tennessee at the time, it it's a what's well, very different than East Tennessee. It is hard, man. It it is hard to take students who have never experienced anything like what you get in in the poverty level of Haiti and the darkness that's in so much of Haiti. It's really hard to take students out of their natural habitat and drop them there for seven days, and then just pluck them right back up and stick them back in their homes. It's a really hard. Uh, relanding back back at home. Uh, so I always try to, to kind of put something soft in between that at the end. Give them a chance to really talk about what the experience has been. Um, give them a chance to really uh, develop the community even further and talk about what all of this meant and what does it mean to your life. And so <clears throat> typically you can't do that kind of stuff when you're in the midst of the tasks of a mission trip, while you're building a house, while you're telling people about Jesus, while you're you're feeding people, whatever you're doing on the trip, it's really hard to debrief and and decompress in that type of environment. So I always I always try to uh, to put something fun towards the end, not just to to kind of blow off steam and, and have a good time, which is always great, but to really give the group a time to connect and talk and debrief and really just breathe. Okay, what did we just experience? And lo- let's understand it. Let's seek to understand what it is that we just did. So the problem with that can be, if students know that's part of the trip, if they, they know that uh, when we went to Haiti, we would come back and we'd stop and spend the night uh, in Miami, and we did fun stuff in Miami, and we, we made that kind of our debrief area. If students were like, ooh, I want to go to Haiti because that means I get to go to Miami. woohoo! Well, that's not, that's not the point. If you're going to Jamaica and you know you get to go to one of the resorts for the last half day to swim in the ocean and stuff, that's not the purpose they should be going to the trip. Um, if you're doing a, a regional thing, you know that you get to go to a baseball game or that, that guy or that girl is going to be there that they really like. You need to be very clear in the promotion of the event. What's the purpose? When you plan in advance and you're clear on your purpose, you can promote uh, appropriately and you can really tell them exactly what the experience is going to be about. 
And that really gets into the fourth thing, people. So we've got purpose, planning, promotion, and people. The people, I think, is one of the most important things that you have to get right when planning and executing an event. So when you're talking about people, we're talking about the students that are going to be uh, going on the trip. Is there going to be a just a sign-up? Anybody can go. If you're in, in the right age group, you can go if you sign up. If you pay the money, you're in. Or is there an application process? Are you looking to see if students are spiritually mature enough to handle the kind of a trip that you're offering? Is there an application that involves uh, certain deadlines and certain certain deadlines like travel deadlines that maybe you're not your deadlines, but they're the airline deadlines and you have to do that stuff in advance? What, how does that affect people? How do you need to communicate that to people? You have to think through those things. Uh, and I, I promise you, especially when dealing with parents, you have to know as much stuff in advance and communicate it up front as you possibly can. Um, things like what adults are going, how many adults are going, what's the ratio? These things are very important. You have to have those things solidified. I tend uh, tended to, to try to solidify those things before even starting promotion. You want to know who's going, what leaders are going. You want to know the accommodations. You want to have all the answers you can possibly have to the questions that the parents don't even know that they can answer. And if you know you're not going to have answers, you know, well, we're going to a remote uh, village in West Africa, and we're not going to have any cell service, and there's no Wi-Fi, and this that's it's just going to be kind of, we're going to be out there. Be very clear on that. Be very, very clear and communicate clearly, early, and often, especially with parents when you're doing a student ministry trip, uh, student ministry mission trip, really any trip, but especially a mission trip. Make sure you over-communicate and communicate early and often with parents about what's going on. Um, if there's an application for students for the trip, make sure you're clear on that. Make sure you say this is an application for the trip. Just by turning this in, you're not guaranteed a spot. We have either limited space on the trip, or we're only we're we're being very selective about who goes to represent the church, or who who's able to have this experience based on what the experience guidelines are. Uh, so be very clear on those things up front. So purpose, planning, promotion, and people. Now. Moving on to once you're actually there on the mission trip, whether you're going international or you're going somewhere regional, your job on a mission trip is not to do mission work. I'll say it again. Your job on a mission trip is not to do mission work. Your job is to monitor the health of your students and capture stories. Monitor the health of your students and capture stories. I know I've been on enough of these trips to know there's always a pull. You're going to these places, you're leading these trips because you care about those places. You care about those people and you want to be involved in that process. You want to do the mission work. That's why you're so excited about taking students to do it, but you've got to remember it's their trip. You're leading it. They're the ones who get to experience the hands-on of the missions trip. Your job, because no one else is going to do this, your job is to monitor the health of your students both physically, hey, are you okay? Checking in on them. Make sure that nobody's got you know injuries they're trying to conceal because they don't want to uh, complain. Or you have sometimes students that just want to complain. You have to monitor them and make sure they're not actually hurt. Um, so you have to monitor the physical health. You have to monitor the, the spiritual health. You, especially, uh, well, it doesn't matter whether you're doing a big international uh, trip or you're somewhere local. You have to be monitoring the, the spiritual health of the students. What are they learning? Where are they being tested? Where are they being stretched? What is God doing in their hearts? Whether it's six hours, six days, or six weeks, what, what is it that's happening in their hearts during this experience? 
No one else is going to monitor that. That's you. And the third, you know, health of your students that you need to monitor is emotional. Uh, if you've been on a mission trip and it's lasted more than an hour, you know that any amount of people in a room together or on a trip together, they can just start to get at each other. And people who you just are, they're your best friends in the world, they can become annoying. And <laughs> there can be gripes and there can be complaining and there can be all sorts of, of problems like that. So you have to be monitoring the emotional health of your group as well. So that's why your primary job is to monitor the health of your students. And then you have to be capturing stories. Because here's the deal. Everyone else who's on the trip, they're there experiencing it. They're there living it out. They're there in the moment and experiencing it in ways they never would have, have thought they would. And as soon as they get, they get back, back home and back in the routine, it's easy for them to forget what the experience really was. But if you're there capturing stories, either pictures, video, writing things down, journaling, capturing them talking about their stories, capturing them talking about what their experience is, that is what's going to help make things stick. That's what's going to help make application really take place in their lives after the trip is over. So monitor the health of your students and capture stories. You know, I I really believe that taking students on trips to experience hands-on missions is the second best thing you can do for them while they're in your ministry. The best thing you can do is really to help them discover what they love and find a place where they can use that thing to serve others. Now, doing missions work is a big part of that, but a missions trip is an event. What I'm talking about here is, is living missionally, taking the, the, the purpose of, of knowing who Jesus is and living that out uh, in our lives and finding a way to serve, finding a place to serve. By finding something that they love and using that, that is one of the best, is the best thing I think that you can do with students. And, and there's, I have a couple of reasons for that. One, that, that's what the church is all about. When you go to church, when you experience church, uh, whatever your church looks like, whatever it, it feels like, smells like, sounds like, you have this group of people that serve each other because that's what the church is all about. You take what you've been given, your gifts, your talents, and you serve others. And that is something that's so important for students to learn while they're in your ministry, because that's what the church is all about. And the church needs them as much as they need the church. The second thing is that students, they see things that they love to do as very inward focused. You know, I remember when I was in high school and I was learning to play the guitar and uh, I, I very early on was like, this is, this is how I'm going to get a girlfriend. And then I thought, I was, this is how I'm going to pay the bills. And this is how I'm going to be famous. And this is how I'm going to be a rock star. And this is how, and I'm not that good at guitar. But in ninth grade, that was it. Like, this is, this is my life. And I took this, this gift, this skill, this talent. And very quickly, it, it, it started to become something that was all about me. And by getting involved in ministry as a ninth grader, by, by leading worship for middle school students in high school, it gave me the perspective that God had given me this gift, this talent, this ability, not for me. It wasn't an inward focus gift. It was an outward focus gift. And I was able to see, and that really impacted the entirety of my life because I was able to see how my gifts, my talents could be used to influence other people. So that's why it's so important for us to take this missional mindset and not not leave it to be uh, for just an event, but to be taken for all 52 weeks of the year. And the third thing, what's really going to be sticky with students when they leave your ministry, because at some point they're going to graduate. That can be good news and that can be bad news. Maybe you've got students right now that you're like, 
may can't get here soon enough. They need to go. <laughs> or you may have a bunch of students and you go, you know what? I don't want them to leave. I want to soak everything I can out of these moments. But the truth is, at some point, they're all going to go. At some point, they're all going to graduate out of the ministry that you're a part of. What's going to stick with them after they leave you is not your messages. It's not your personality. And really, it's not even you. What's really going to stick with them or what should stick with them is the feeling they get when they strive to be like Jesus. The feeling they get when they let the Holy Spirit take control of their life. That is what lasts. Not you, not me, not the messages, not the time you pour in, not your wisdom, not your wit. What's going to stick is the Holy Spirit being active in their lives. And I know I can speak from my experience. The Holy Spirit is never more active in my life than when I'm focused on other people. So let's take events like missions trips. And like I said before, make your purpose of having this trip, of having this missions event, not be just about what we're going to do during this time. But make sure as the ministry leader, you're focused on what this time, what this experience is going to do for the rest of the time your students are in your ministry and beyond. How is this going to impact them? How should this impact the way they see their lives? How should this impact the way they see their gifts? How should this impact them in the rest of their lives, not just this one week or these three days? That's what makes missions trips more than an event, but a lifestyle. Now, I've done a lot of missions trips over the years, uh, but I wanted to share one story uh, actually in the words of the student. I asked a former student who uh, has done many missions trips to Jamaica uh, to share a little bit in her words uh, of of what the experience has been like for her. And so this is uh, Caitlin uh, Kleinhans uh, and her, her story of missions. For me, going on a mission trip as a student completely transformed my life, and that is not an exaggeration. My very first mission trip before my junior year of high school was instrumental in my walk with God, understanding missions, and developing a heart for the nations. My one-week trip to Jamaica led to three more during high school, plus two summers as an intern at the ministry there, and I'm about to go back as a short-term missionary with even more responsibility. While obviously most people who go on a one-week trip don't end up falling this in love with missions, I hardly know anyone who would say a mission trip in high school didn't change their life. It was enormously beneficial for me to be taken away from my friends, my phone, and even my family for a week and experience a completely different culture. Seeing those people find such joy in the little but most important aspects of life really helped me to reevaluate my priorities and what should be important in my life. I think that these trips shaped me into who I am and made me a better person. Mission trips are really where I have connected with God the most. I have said many times that I wish I could be the version of myself here at home that I am in Jamaica, and it's true. In those mountains, I feel so connected with the Lord, and He really brings out the best in me. When I'm engaging with the Holy Spirit throughout my entire day, I am joyful, kind, fun, and selfless as an outflow of His love. There's nothing like it, and I want to be in that place forever. I love Caitlin's perspective uh, on missions trips, uh, not only that she started going in high school and, and seeing how it has absolutely and dramatically changed the trajectory of her life. She changed her uh, her outlook on her on what she was going to do in college. She's learned sign language so she can connect more with uh, the people at the, the ministry in Jamaica, and she's gone back so many times, and this summer is going as a short-term missionary. Kate is still raising support for her trip uh, this summer, so if you are interested uh, in finding a, a way to, to give back and a way to support uh, 
uh, the missionaries. Uh, I'm going to put a link to uh, to Kate's uh, uh, funding uh, opportunities uh, through our Twitter account. So check out Creative Stew Men on Twitter, uh, and you'll be able to find a way to uh, support Kate in her missions uh, through Jamaica. And you know, this is really why you do missions experiences. Not so that it's a great trip, not so that you make a big impact uh, in the region or at the destination, but to see the Holy Spirit change the lives of your students uh, as they see their life as missional and they see their life on mission. That's what it's all about. All right, next time we're gonna dig into another awesome event experience that you can create for your students and it is called Camp. I promise if you have had bad experiences at camp, camp is not a four-letter word. It's a great thing, and we'll talk about how it can be a great thing for you, or if you love it, an even better thing for you, and how you can do it well and effective and strategic and creative. Uh, That's coming up next time in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again soon.